Hey, soccer friends, welcome back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at kcsoccerjournal.com. It's going to take you a little bit more in-depth, and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Sheena Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. Hey, Sheena. Hey, Chad. Hi, soccer friends. Hello, hello. I apologize in advance, y'all. My voice is a struggle. I've had a cough all week. So uh, I did have one coworker tell me it sounded really sexy, which I think (laughs) might be inappropriate, but it didn't bother me. I liked it. (laughs) So on today's show, uh, Sporting Kansas City preseason results and some news out of that last preseason game that's been played. Uh, Sporting KC made both a trade and a signing. Oh my gosh, off-season movement. First time in over a month. Uh, We have some sad Sporting Kansas City the academy news and then the kc current made three signings and a little bit of news coming out of their preseason camp as well and of course the digital crawl y'all sheena though what do you want to talk about before we get into things oh chad you haven't been with me all day but my friend and i had an amazing day together hey stacy if you're listening but we went to overland park downtown overland park or i don't know if it's downtown uh we had lunch at the strange hall which is like a food hall and you know i love a good food hall And I had the best fried rice of my life. I don't remember the name of the place I had it at, but it was so good. And then we found this little tea shop and they were having like tea time and there was people dressed up and eating little cucumber sandwiches and macaroons. And we're going to go back for that. But we had a cinnamon roll that was pretty delicious. And I just had a really good time in OP today. So that was pretty fun. Oh, and I did. That is exciting for you. I made something at Boredom Brush for Valentine's Day and proceeded to leave it in my car. So I need to go get that out of the car when we're done with this. All right. We'll see if I can remember that an hour from now, but no promises. I laid around and recovered and played video games and did a whole lot of nothing. So uh, pretty wildly different days, but kind (laughs) of both of our own dream days when you really think about it, because this is what I would want to do if I didn't have to do things is just chill. And I want to do things, but I came home and took a nap. I was tired after all that socializing. You've had a big weekend, big weekend. I know. I know. Oh. Okay, well, before we get into the pod, be sure to rate and review the podcast. And we say this every week, it does help other people find it. It makes them show up in their in the algorithm, y'all, the algorithm, whatever that means. On Spotify, you can give it five stars in the app. On Apple Podcasts, you can do the five stars and you can write a little something. Uh, be sure if you got something less than five star worthy, just at me on Twitter at Play for 90. I can take that criticism. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at the link in the description for as little as 99 cents. No obligation obligation obviously but we got a new supporter the other day we appreciate you thank you you know what i should do i should start shouting out the supporters i don't know if they want to be shouted out or not though okay we'll we'll go back to that and as always uh supporters if there's something that you can think of that you want that would make it worth your money to support because right now we're just saying hey give us money for nothing uh for this thing you can get for free uh let us know and we'll we'll work that out I have an idea, Chad. I have been making earrings, sports earrings, and I have some Sporting Kansas City and KC Current ones. So if you're a supporter and you have your ears pierced or you know uh, somebody who would, let us know and I can send you a pair of earrings. There you go. That's a good idea. A little plug yeah. for your business. Uh, yeah. What is the name of it, Sheena? You want to say it really quick? Yeah. If you guys want to follow us on 
Instagram. It's Canary KC Designs. Eh, I don't know about the design part if it's on there. Now I need to check. I love how you don't even know <laughs> how to follow your own business okay. on Twitter. Canary under, okay, it's Canary underscore KC. So. so you were basically wrong in multiple ways. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting to plug my little Instagram account, but if you guys like sports and you like jewelry, there's going to be other things, but jewelry's just been my focus because I find it really fun and therapeutic. But I have been working with my Cricut machine to make some other stuff. So there'll be other stuff, but for now I have earrings. Just keeping yourself busy. I love it. All right, let's yeah. talk about some soccer here. Uh, Sporting Kansas City played their third preseason game, their final one of the first leg before they came home. They actually came home for the week and then returned today back down to Miami. But they lost 2-1 to one to Nashville SC. Uh, I'll quickly run through kind of the things that jumped out at it to me. Uh, the first goal was credited by the Sporting Kansas City Twitter as an own goal to Jake Davis. But then the Nashville Twitter said it was Jacob Schaffelberg, one of their forwards. Honestly, I Nashville put out a video. I couldn't tell who put their head on that ball. So uh, let's let Schaffelberg have credit for the goal. Uh, Tim Leibold assisted Alan Polito to tie the game up. Uh, it, it was described as a very good goal. I never went back and saw media of it really on my game here you know it's preseason and then tyler boyd for nashville got the game-winning goal in the second half uh but i think the things that are maybe more important that we want to know from preseason sort of tend to center around who words are hard um, <laughs> who played and were there injuries and do we get any injury updates and we got a lot of that stuff so sheena i'll give you the first thing that kind of leaked out at me because the starting line was the same Shallowy and Rosero were still missing, still replaced by Stephen Afrifa and uh, Robert Castellanos. But then Caden Pierre made his preseason debut in the second half. He only played 15 minutes, so nothing to you know call your mama about or anything like that. But he's on the field. Uh, considering he only played five MLS minutes last year, he did play a little bit for SKC too. But five MLS minutes, he tripled that. So that's something. That is something. That's cool that he is back on the field. That's exciting. Yeah, so that seemed like a positive, right? Yeah. Um, outside of that, no real other changes even in the second lineup. So the second lineup had the same guys as before. Memo Rodriguez was out there again. Uh, you know, Ian James, the 15-year-old academy player, was out there again. But kind of more the same. Nothing crazy happened. Who wasn't there because he had picked up an injury is Kyrie Shelton. Remember, we were kind of talking about it last week and I was joking. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to buy out his contract. He's hurt. Uh, he does have a high ankle sprain. And according to Peter Vermees, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks left in spring training or once the season starts? You know, uh, maybe I should have asked a follow-up question on that, but it just <laughs> said right. a couple of weeks. So I okay. assume he'll be back before the season starts, but you never know. Like an ankle, a high ankle sprain can last a little while, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, who then plays through it and wins a Super Bowl. Oh, you know, yeah, whatever. he does. That yeah. was last year, Sheena, not this year. This, I know. this year's Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. Uh, I am fully aware of that, and he is without any injuries. Actually, he's in the healthiest situation he's been in all the Super Bowls, so it should be a good game. One week from today. 
Yeah, we'll have to record super early that day if we're going to do a podcast on a Sunday or we'll change our schedule around. We'll see. Super Bowl. You yeah. got to watch the Super Bowl. Even yeah. when I don't care about anybody in the Super Bowl, I will watch. I am the person that will watch the commercials and things, too. I don't know. Like, I feel like really real football fans are annoyed by that. And I would say I'm a real football fan. I just uh, not of the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so oh. what can you do? What can You're you do? You're going to cause us to lose some listeners. It's fine. We don't have to. We all like sporting KC and the KC Current. We don't have to like every other sport the same, right? I don't know. You should be fully supporting your Kansas City teams. Um, I root for the Royals second. Does that mean anything? Okay, I'm just digging myself a deeper hole. Let's keep going and talk about sporting Kansas City here. So um, Peter did say that uh, high praise was uh, meant for Stephen Afrifa. He was, quote, a bright spot, unquote, of the preseason. So I think that's pretty interesting. Afrifa played over Marino Sajanis on the left wing again when Shallowy's back and they play their next preseason game, assuming Shallowy can play. I'll be interested to see if does Johnny's even get on the field? Is Afrifa taking all his minutes from him? Uh, the the prospect of the speed of Stephen Afrifa with the speed of Willie Agata, the speed of Kyrie Shelton or Alenis Vargas, so many quick players and we haven't had speed in a long time. That's something super intriguing for me, although it's incredibly disappointing if Marinos Johnny's never breaks through and we spent over a million dollars on that kid, plus, you know, 600 some thousand in salary every year. And he ends up kind of flaming out. Is it a situation where we can trade him? We could trade him. I mean, there's uh, not going to be much of a return, I don't think, based on the fact that he never gets on the field. I I feel like while he could be traded in MLS, it's probably more likely that he got sent back overseas or goes back home or leaves on a free transfer so you can open up that U22 spot and sign someone else. I feel like it's sad, but I, I feel like we've almost kind of given up on him already. He he played the most as a rookie, well, not a rookie, in his first year with supporting yeah. KC, played a lot less last year. And then right now, it doesn't. I don't see a path for him to get to the field unless a bunch of people are hurt. Is it a situation where he would be playing on the twos? You know, that is a good point. He could actually go down there, maybe get some confidence, maybe get some goals. If he can't dominate in MLS Next Pro, it sure seems like he's not going to ever break through in MLS anytime soon, at least not before his contract's up. And what what has he done to earn another contract? Yeah, that's true. And then the last quote we had from Peter Vermees, which will lead us to another topic, is he expected signings before they headed back for the second leg of preseason. One of those signings has come through, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm kind of wondering, because he said signings plural, so I'm wondering if there's something else coming that's going to be announced on Monday, which won't be good considering we're recording. Well, it'll be good. It just won't be good from a podcast recording standpoint because we'll have just recorded and therefore we'll have missed it. But I'm okay with that. Uh, What do you think, Sheena? Why do you think it's going to be on Monday as opposed to... They don't do it on Sundays, right? Like I can't imagine there being a signing today. I guess it could be Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, but you'd think you'd want to get them into preseason as soon as possible. If they had already signed a player like a Kellen Acosta, for example, then... You'd want to get him down there when the second leg of preseason is starting and have him participating right away. And if he's there, they'll want to get that announcement out before, you know, something leaks or he's caught in the background of somebody's social media post or something like that. Not that he's there. We don't we I have no idea. I'm just throwing out a name. Um, Yeah, I don't have any thoughts on who it could be, but it seems like they should just announce it if they know. Maybe they don't have somebody. It's possible. 
the team, we, we were looking at the roster the other day, and they have 27 of 30 spots filled, but it looks like they have three open senior roster spots, and you can only have two. So they would theoretically need to add at least one more player. It could be a boring kind of fringe signing, but they did add, and this will be our transition point here, Memo Rodriguez. We discussed him in pretty good detail last week, and I want to kind of tie the Memo Rodriguez signing in with a trade that also happens since we recorded the podcast. So since we last recorded, Sporting Kansas City swung a trade with Charlotte FC. They sent two international roster spots to Charlotte in exchange for $350,000 in general allocation money. That's $200,000 this year, $150,000 next year. There's a few things I think we can take away from this, and I wrote kind of a longer bit on this on the KC Soccer Journal if you want to go check that out. But we know that they must have some international roster spots like that are going to fall off green cards must be coming aka we know danny rosero is getting a green card we have heard from daniel sperry of the kc star that nemanja radoya might be getting a green card but i wouldn't be surprised if there are more green cards on the way because that that would be enough right there they would have cleared enough spots just by those two getting green cards but if you want to make a big splash signing still you probably need an international roster spot uh robbie volitor has been on the team for two years he still doesn't have a green card Eric Tommy, he's a German and he got his in like six months, just like Volater's German. Uh, Leibold's been on the team a year, another German. Uh, he doesn't have his yet. Willie Agata's been on as long as Eric Tommy, who got his last season. And then, uh, of course, the only other two are Vargas and Basong, who just signed. So I'm assuming they're not probably super close to getting green cards. But you never know. Sporting moved pretty fast on some of these guys. So who knows? Vargas has been around. He was on the twos last year. Why, I don't know how to phrase this question, I guess, but why do some of them have green cards and some of them don't? Like, what is the like thought process on why you would get one sooner than for some people than others? I don't know if I'm ex- explaining my question well. Yeah, I think I follow what you're saying. My gut tells me they are trying to get green cards immediately. It's not a situation where they are delaying or not doing the paperwork. But it has something to do with the country. That said, we have all these German guys on different timelines. Maybe the age of the player, if a player has played abroad before, maybe that helps get something done. Maybe if they've never left the country before, that delays things. I don't I don't know exactly okay. how all that stuff works out. But then I think it's probably a lot to do with the the other countries. Think of, you know, Agata and you've got guys like um well, no, I guess everybody else is German. Just Agata. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. He's the only other guy that's not German besides, again, the guys that just signed that probably aren't going to have it done. Although now you have until the summer to get your green cards in for them to count for the season. So if they don't have it in by the roster compliance date, which is the day before the season starts, you would need an international roster spot. But as soon as you get a green card, you can clear that space off and you have all the way up until the summer transfer window, which is, I think, sometime in July. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. Hmm. Okay. It's all really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So what I would tell you all is don't be worried. I think there's going to be plenty of green cards. They wouldn't have traded those spots away. This is just good business. You don't need the spots. Sell them to somebody that does. Get some allocation money. And I kind of want to talk about that next. Just briefly. GAM, general allocation money. It is money you can use for a ton of different things. But probably the most important things are you can sign new players, you can re-sign existing players, or you can buy down the budget charge of an existing player. So while the MLS 
like salary budget. They don't have a cap, but they have a budget. It's like five point something million dollars. The team has they're paid way more than that, right? There's all these different designations and tricky rules, and MLS is really complicated. But long story short, in 2024, they have 200,000 extra dollars now to play around with to make a signing. And I personally have this theory, maybe that's enough money to sign Kellen Acosta, for example, or somebody of his ilk. And then maybe what you do is you bring him in as a targeted allocation money player now. I know it's yet another fancy word. Just basically means you make between about 700000 and $1.7 million, but it only counts for a little under 700000 on the cap. And then at the end of, or the summer, I should say, then they can turn around and drop the designated player tag off of him and just make him a TAM player. I got this idea from Drew over at um, Home and Away podcast. Those guys are always playing around with the budget rules, and Drew wrote up something good for us at the KC Soccer Journal about how much money Sporting had to spend. And as soon as they traded for that money, I messaged Drew and was like, hey, is this enough money to sign Acosta and a designated player? If we could get two big signings, I think that would be a huge win for this team, even if we have to wait till the summer to get that second big signing. Is Do you just keep using Acosta because you know Sporting's interested in him or does it feel likely it seems weird we would get two midfielders if we just got memo and he's a midfielder right they play different different spots in the midfield so memo rodriguez like we talked about last week is more of like like for like with eric tommy and then acosta i don't want to bring this uh up again sheena but he's more uh, in the same position as remy voltaire they all technically play the number eight but uh, tommy's the more attacking eight uh, Vermees called him more of a 10-8, and Remy's more of an 8-10, meaning he's more of a box-to-box guy before he's attacking. So one guy tends to attack more. Think of when Benny Failhopper was in the midfield. Gotti Kendo was that way. He was the more attacking guy. Somebody has to do the dirty work, which is what Remy or Kellen Acosta could do. I think this would be good for the team. I know this would make you sad if it caused Remy to not be an everyday starter, but if the team is better, the team is better, and I think that's a win. It just feels like there could be somebody else out there who's not trying to take Remy's spot. I think no matter who they sign, it's probably going to be somebody capable of playing where Kellen plays in terms of being that kind of rotational person, can play Remy's spot, can back up Nemanja Rodoya. That's where they need their depth because they just basically have kids in those spots right now. It's Felipe Hernandez, who really isn't a kid, I guess. but And then uh, Danny Flores, who's only got a few MLS minutes under his belt. Sheena, you look so sad with this whole Remy thing. I don't know if you saw, I titled the podcast last week with that in mind because I you'd gotten so kind of worked up on the podcast with it. I didn't see. What did you call it? Oh, it was just something about could Kellen Acosta be the eventual Remy Voltaire replacement? Oh, yeah, I did see that. I thought you were calling it something else, like in regards to my feelings. Oh, no, no. I mean, I think everybody that listens knows uh, Remy's your boy. He's my number one. <laughs> Hopefully behind me. Jeez. Well, uh, you're not on. So I meant, excuse you. I meant on Sporting Kansas City. I didn't mean number one in life. That's weird. Like, I don't know him personally. Well, you know, you got a little crush on him. I didn't know how high that no, crush had it's r- not, risen up. It's not even a crush. I just think he's a really good player. I like hustlers and he's a hustler. All right. <laughs> I will tell you, um, I've always been high on Remy, but the more and more I watch him, the more and more I kind of think he runs around pointlessly at times. And it, How dare you? 
he's not a bad player. Don't get me wrong. For the <sighs> amount of money they're paying him, everybody needs players like that on your team. And he's going to soak up so many minutes because he's always in shape and he can run for days. But I wouldn't be upset if Acosta gets signed. And then we'd still have that designated player spot available for the summer. You could go, you could, here's kind of my plan is either A, you go get that eventual Johnny Russell replacement. I know nobody else wants to hear that either, but he's not getting any younger. And then, or B, you wait and see how the season is playing out. Did you have a major injury with somebody out for the season? Somebody that you're maybe is going to be out of contract at the end of the year. Maybe you sign a replacement for that guy. Maybe center back is an epic disaster. And even though I'm against generally spending DP money on center backs, you go out and you make a big center back splash because you need to do it. It leaves the team flexibility. And when you look back at some of the best teams in the league, they make really big signings in the summer. Uh, Seattle Sounders have done it over and over over the years and maybe sporting are learning their lessons because if you think about it last year it didn't really play out that way but two years ago when they were really off the rails they signed tommy and agata and it almost put them over the top imagine if they're not in a bad situation like their record is you know medium to good and they go make a big signing that could really change things around so that's kind of where where my brain is with this trade and with the memo rodriguez signing kind of giving us some some solidity at the uh kind of attacking side of our midfield okay i have a theory for you what if the big announcement is they're bringing somebody old back like a roger espinoza you know one of the commenters over at the kc soccer journal threw that idea out there the other day and he said not that that would be a big announcement there's no like scheduled announcement by the way i don't want to want to imply that something is happening on monday i'm just saying if something was going to happen but he was saying, hey, maybe they should sign one-day contracts with Roger and Zussi and let those guys get like a farewell game, like let them play in the the home opener or something like that, even if it's only like a 10-minute cameo or whatever. I I think it would be a a big win. I want to say Brian was the commenter that I saw that from. So thanks, Brian. I think that's an interesting idea. That is an interesting idea. Maybe they'll go with it. I don't feel like they would, though. Yeah, it's not something you usually see in soccer, especially like coming out and actually playing. But I would be nice to see them get a retirement match. And, you know, it, it's not like even if you paid them their whole salary and you gave them a minimum salary, it's like 80 something thousand dollars, which pay me 80 something thousand dollars to go play 10 minutes. I'll try to get in shape. But uh, <laughs> I think that it would be a really awesome thing to do. From a marketing standpoint, I'm sure you could sell a bunch of tickets. Maybe you don't do it as the home opener because that's going to be a popular game anyways. You do it as a different game to kind of make it something special for those two. I don't know. I haven't seen Zussi announce that he's retiring yet, so I'm not convinced he's gone until he says he's gone. Roger kind of like sort of pseudo announced it in his Instagram story, and I captured that and tweeted it out. But he hasn't even made an official like farewell to Kansas City Post, which you typically would see from people whenever they are retiring. Maybe they're both holding out hope that they're going to get signed back up. Well, I know Zussi is still in Kansas City because his girlfriend has posted pictures of them. So he's I never still get to here. see that because you're always getting in my Instagram and well, viewing the stories. Well, Come on, gotta Shana, be do quicker. That. You got to do that reporting here. You got to take a picture of that and tweet it out or something mm, like that. Probably not. 
All right. Any other thoughts about the Memo Rodriguez signing, the trade, me breaking your heart with this Kellen Acosta nonsense? I, I just keep bringing him up because, one, he's been linked to the team. And then, two, uh, he, he had, there's nothing else coming up from any other sources. And Sporting are famously kind of tight-lipped outside of the whole Gavin Wilkinson league situation. So it could be that they're locking him down right now. And that's why you haven't heard anything versus these other teams maybe leak more more readily. I was going to just the only other thing I had is um, with a memo Rodriguez. I'm still pretty indifferent on him. He's not like an exciting. I feel like we haven't had an exciting off season and that's kind of we a disappointment. Yeah. And that's there's, a disappointment. There's only been three signings. It's memo Rodriguez, Alenis Vargas and Zorhan Basong. And they're all guys that are likely to be backups and maybe not even see the field very much. I think Basong's probably going to get some minutes because Leibold's not been healthy since he's been here in KC. But mm-hmm. then, you know, unless there's other injuries, those guys are just going to be rotational pieces coming in as subs. Yeah, it's just kind of disappointing. That said, this team was one of the best teams in the league at the end of the year last year. So you haven't really lost any of your stars outside of Gotti Kendo, which obviously that's a that's a pretty big loss. All right, let's move on and let's talk about the Sporting Kansas City Academy news that we have here. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce the name, but Sporting are on the verge of losing one of their top prospects, Ramiz Hamuda. They may have already lost him. He's only 15 years old. He's a center back. And I won't pretend that I've been getting out to the U14 or U16 or U15 games or whatever to, to watch these kids play. But everybody seems to speak very highly of Habuda. And there was a tweet that came out that basically said he's leaving the Sporting Kansas City Academy. And there was some sort of deal in the works where I, I can't really tell. It seems like the New York Red Bulls wanted to sign him and Sporting Kansas City may have blocked it. Uh, could be the other way around, but he was already in the Sporting KC Academy. He has been since the year 2020, and he's from Nebraska, so that should be you know that Sporting KC territory. It's not like that's anywhere near the Red Bulls. Uh, the report says that he is likely to end up in the USL Championship. So with him ending up in USL, that means Sporting would probably get no compensation for having trained him the last few years. Obviously, they lose out on the potential sale of him overseas if he turns out to be a a big star he's he's a promising kid and then we're we're losing out on him so i know that you don't know who he is sheena but do you have any thoughts about hamuda leaving the academy just in general them losing out on a prospect yeah it's unfortunate that he's leaving the academy it sounds like he has some potential so the fact that we're not getting to utilize that possible potentials kind of unfortunate it seems like the academy is a weak link, I would say, with Sporting Kansas City, because I feel like I've mentioned this a time or two, but when I first got into Sporting Kansas City, having homegrown players and academy players and stuff were like a really big thing. And now I feel like you never hear about it. Like I I can maybe name a couple homegrown players, but like nobody recently. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'll speak about that more broadly, but specifically about Hamuda, uh, the fact that he's a center back too, and this team just doesn't have any star center backs. You know, obviously 
Rosero and Fontes are, are fine, but then the backups haven't proven to be anything. I just don't see how there wouldn't at least be a room for him on Sporting KC2. Now, maybe he doesn't want to sign with Kansas City. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall. Vermees doesn't play these people. He is never going to see the field. He's going to be locked into a contract for a few years. Maybe he's buddies with Ozzy Cisneros, who's never played an MLS minute. You know, they're not too far apart in age because Ozzy's still pretty young. So, it's it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing. And I don't know what kind of screw up is going on here, because if the Red Bulls wanted to sign him, then I would think they would just have to trade for his rights. And I don't know if Sporting just refused to trade and then caused a, a roadblock. This is something that I plan to try to ask about during media day when we get some one on one time with different folks. And maybe I can get an answer because it's the kind of thing that's a little a little out there. We don't usually get this to be covered in a, a typical press conference. But I think it's I think it's important. I have a question for you. When is media day? It's coming up in a few weeks. I don't know the day off the top of my head, but I forwarded the email to my work so that I could request it off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I will okay. be there. I'm going to make sure I get there. I'm sure I my will work not, will I will not be oh, there. Sheena, you should go to your first media day. I'm, yes. No, I'm not the media. I'm not going. I'm telling you, there's. I was there and there were other like wives that help on podcasts that don't even like host. Like you, you co-host over here. And I think you should go. I think you should, even if you don't ask any questions, you just walk around and take in the sights and you're just there, you know, as moral support. You uh, can you try out the my... free food. There's free I'm, food. I'm good. I, you don't need the moral support. You're strong on your own. You can meet Remy. I don't want to meet him. Because you'd be awkward. Yeah, I'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I know you would be. I know you would be. I just think oh, back to okay. that. I just think back to that time I met Matt Beasler. I think I met him several times, but one time in particular, I was so nervous. Like, yeah, I remember uh, you. Uh, you wrote a post on Facebook going, mm -hmm. "I met him and I was so shaky. The photo came out blurry because I was shaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I was shaky and I was holding our kid because she was like two or three. Yeah. yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, it's I mean, been a minute. Hasn't been on the team in a while. So, Sheena, you got to give it another shot. You got to get out there. You know, see, I'm you get good. to watch practice usually. Oh, Sheena, I'm okay. good. Everybody that's listening at For the Glory KC on Twitter, send Sheena some messages. Tell her she needs to go to media day. I'm you, not. If nothing, you'll talk about it on the podcast. You can. It'll be a whole experience. I'm good. I don't. I don't need that. I don't care if every single listener, no offense to the listeners, you guys wow. are my friends, but she doesn't not... value you guys at all. <laughs> no, I don't want to go. This is, I do this to be a good wife. I don't want any of the perks. I just, uh, I'm not interested. All right. We'll see how this goes back on topic here. Yeah, Sporting sorry. Kansas City Academy. <laughs> So you said it feels like it used to be a big deal. And Vermees had this line where he envisioned one day of a entire starting 11 from the academy, a homegrown 11. And that they got close at a point. I think they had six or seven guys start a game one time. It was probably like a U.S. Open Cup or a League's Cup game or something, the old League's Cup where where they didn't take it seriously. But let me run through the homegrown signings over the last few years to show you how bleak things have been. So 2022, 2023, and 2024, these are easy. There are none, none. Um, I'm now realizing I left John Poolscamp off this list. Technically, he's an LA Galaxy homegrown, so I feel okay having left him off. In 2021, they signed Jake Davis and Caden Pierre, who are both obviously still on the team. And Jake Davis is having a breakout year last year. But they also signed, and you'd be forgiven if you forgot this, 
Cave Rad, Ozzy Cisneros, Grayson Barber, and Brooks Thompson. Of which, Cisneros has never played a minute. Rad, Barber, Thompson, all gone. 2020, they signed Wilson Harris. Gone. 2019, Cam Duke and Tyler Freeman. Gone. 2018, Jalen Lindsay, Juan Cousin, Matt Lewis, and Zach Wright. All gone. And then finally, all the way back in 2017, Jean-Luc Abuzio. So of those players, you've got one mega hit in Buzio, who they sold for 10-ish million dollars. You've got what looks to finally be a hit in Jake Davis. And then you've got some fringe guys, Pierre, who's played a little bit of MLS time, Cisneros, who's not really gotten out of the field. Lindsay was pretty good and got traded for, you know, a decent return to Charlotte. And then everybody else never really accomplished much of anything. Cam Duke probably got the most minutes out of the rest of those players. A lot of those guys never saw the field. And as the theme was running through there, they're all gone. Some of them didn't even make it to the season they got signed. Uh, Zach Wright and Matt Lewis, kind of weird ones. But Sheena, hearing that list of names, how concerned are you on a scale of one to 10? I would say concerned. I don't know if concern's a word I would rate as a 10 because this isn't the end of the world. But I think the bigger issue is that Peter Vermees doesn't trust the young kids. And so they're, what, what would be anyone's motivation to come to Sporting Kansas City? Because it's just known he doesn't play them. So if you're wanting playing time, you're going to go with a team that's going to play you. Which is, isn't, doesn't New York have a really good academy? Am I making that up? You are not making that up. The Red Bulls, maybe above any other team, play their youth. They had a roster a couple seasons ago. The, like, the oldest player on the whole team was like 23 or 25 or something like that. And the vast majority of the guys were super young. Even if they weren't homegrown signings, they were like young overseas signings. They just play really young players. And keep in mind, the Red Bulls have the longest consecutive playoff streak of any team in Major League Soccer. I think it's 14 seasons in a row they've made the playoffs. They barely made it last year, but they made it. They were in the play-in game game just like sporting kansas city but well we're not calling it the playing game, the wild card game the wild card game so yes they have a good academy the thing is it doesn't really work that way you can't just sign wherever you want if you're in an academy this is what's running going on with hamuda is you can't just go sign to another team they got to trade for you they got to acquire a right somehow and that other team has to be willing to to make that move and they're probably hoping they could have kept him here but i am concerned you said you're not concerned this is the reason that teams do not um, recover from something that happened at the beginning of last year, where we we didn't win for 10 games because we were missing so many players. If we'd had a few homegrown players that could have stepped up and played some key minutes, remember Jake Davis didn't even start to break in until the end of that stretch, then maybe they don't lose all these games. We're not getting contributions from the bottom of our roster. It's a bunch of wasted roster spots. And I don't know whose fault it is. Are Are they bad players? Is it Vermees not trusting them, as you said, which I agree doesn't seem like he trusts the kids based on the way he plays them? Is Vermees and his staff not developing the players? This is a concern. And when you're a small market team like Kansas City, you have to be hitting on the fringes of your roster. And they just haven't been outside of Jake Davis and Jean-Luc Abuzio, basically. Okay, let me say this. I do agree with you that it could be a problem. Like I understand, I wouldn't say I'm not concerned, but in my list of things that I think are priorities, like I don't think it's if it, going back to the one through 10 scale, I'm assuming 10 is it's an emergency situation. I don't know that it's an emergency. I'd say it's a six or seven. But my question is that who is responsible for recruiting people to the academy? Is that Peter Vermees or is that someone else? 
That's a good question. So I would assume Vermees plays a part in that, but then it's also going to be somebody like Brian Bliss, who is the director of player personnel. Then there is the head of the academy, Declan Jogi, who's only been in that role for a little while. We mentioned that last year. He's still kind of getting his feet under him. So I would assume he'd have some play in that. But ultimately, if Peter doesn't play young guys, although playing Logan and Dembe helps a little bit, even though that was a signing from a another country from belgium that still shows hey there's a path for you to get on this field if you're good jake davis there's a path to get on this field if you're good but i'd still be a little worried if i was those guys but when you're a kid i think you got to believe in yourself and hope that you're going to be the one that bucks the trend hey i'm not those other people i'm better than those other people i'm going to get on the field but in terms of where they're coming from it seems i would guess it's a combination of of places because i think their scouts are probably scouting inside america as well since the homegrown rules have changed quite a bit and you can only protect the player like the players that are in your academy and the additional nine players that are not in your academy academy so we could be recruiting out of los angeles and new york and chicago and these big areas where they can't possibly put all these talented kids in there and we just haven't seen those stories come true yet because it's only been about a year since those rules changed let's talk about the league's cup so the league's cup was announced this week uh everybody's favorite people are calling it the cash grab cup i i like the league's cup i do agree that it's like jammed into the middle of the season and the way the format plays out where after you get out of the group stage you play every like four days probably sporting are never going to be built to win that unless they get some depth maybe they play some of the kids we'll see uh but we learned their opponents they're going to play the chicago fire and toluca fc from liga mekis in the group stage you may remember toluca as the team that eliminated them in the quarterfinals last year four to one beat the crap out of them but you may also remember sporting beat the tar out of toluca back in 2019 in the Concacaf champions league in a two-legged one at Sporting Park and one down in Mexico. And the crowd was giving olays for how good Sporting was playing and how bad their own team was playing. Uh, that said, last year it went really poorly. So <laughs> who knows? Alan Polito was suspended, if you'll remember, though, because of his headbutt nonsense and he got an extra suspension. So maybe it plays out differently if you have your best player. But what do you think about the opponents? Chicago Fire are in Tier 3, Sporting were in Tier 2, and Toluca are the Tier 1 team of this group. Well, I feel hopeful that we can beat Chicago Fire because they are not so great. But I I don't really care about this competition. I think last year when it was going on was when we were in New Zealand. So yeah. I don't even have like any kind of affinity for it because I was pretty detached last season when it was going on. Did you watch the Chivas game with me? Were they pretty dominant, dominantly handled Chivas? Uh... Or the FC Cincinnati game that we were up to nothing on before the red card? I do remember FC Cincinnati because of Polito. So yeah. I remember that one. I don't think I watched any of the other games except because I think we were still in the, the United States when that game happened. Oh, in the first game. That could be right. And yeah. Then the second, but we were just like in Los Angeles or something and hadn't flown out of the country yet. Yeah. yeah I remember watching Chivas. I can't even remember what time of day it was because there was some massive time difference. But Sporting dominated that game. And the Chivas fans were there in full voice. I will tell you, we don't know who's hosting the games this year. Last year, the highest seeded MLS team hosted both games. But this year, that won't necessarily be the case. So Sporting would be the higher seeded team over Chicago. Chicago. The seeding is based on regular season standings. So Sporting were way down in seed 22. They would have been a lot higher had it been for 
the playoffs where they were in the final eight MLS teams, but that's not how the seeding worked. It didn't count playoff games at all, just the regular season games. And then same thing for Liga Mekis. It didn't count their playoff games. It just counted their Apertura and Clausura, their two seasons. They have like a fall season and a spring season for those not familiar. And anyways, the thing that's going to change this year is there's going to be hub cities because all the Liga Mekis teams, they were traveling the whole time last year and they had some pretty brutal travel schedules and they were all eliminated before the finals. You all may remember it was an all MLS final that Inter Miami won. It was kind of messy coming onto the scene and immediately making this massive impact. But it's possible Sporting are going to host both of these games. I did a little bit of research. Uh, the Sporting News had a a big breakdown of this. They interviewed some people in Liga Emekis and they interviewed some MLS folks. And they're going to do the best four Liga Emekis teams are going to be hubs. They're going to are going to get to go to hub cities, I should say. The cities aren't announced, but the fifth seeded Liga Emekis team is Toluca. So it seems like they won't have a quote home game. All that means is like maybe they'll set up shop in Vegas or Los Angeles or San Diego or something, you know, where you can bring your fans to a city and kind of come and impact that city. I would assume they'll do it where there's already MLS stadiums. That would make sense. But San Diego's coming into the league in a year. They could maybe play games at Snapdragon, set that as a hub. None of that stuff's been announced yet. Hopefully Sporting will get two home games. That'd be kind of cool. I'd, I'd be down. I, you know, I just want to watch more soccer personally. Let's completely switch gears and let's talk about the Kansas City Current. We'll see if we can do this podcast in a timely manner today. Uh, a lot of quick news from the Current here. They brought back Mallory Weber. You may remember her. She's had back-to-back season-ending injuries. Poor Mallory. She signed a new one-year deal. Uh, according to Vladko, she probably will not be available until the summer. So she's going to stay on the season-ending injury list for now. But she's back on a one-year deal. The team also signed two of their non-roster invitees from preseason. Sophie Braun, who we detailed last week and Reagan Steigletter. I'm again, apologies, Reagan. I have no clue if I'm saying your name right. I didn't see a pronunciation guide given out by the team. Hopefully we'll get that soon. Maybe when they have their media day. But both of those players signed a one-year deal with 2025 option years on there. So they could be here for two years. And of course, you know, they could always re-sign. But we detailed Braun last week. Check out last week's episode if you want to know more about her. But I'll I'll give you a little bit about Reagan so that we know a little something about her. So she played midfielder in college. Uh, but I said last week she can play fullback. That's what I'd heard is that she'd been signed to play fullback. So maybe fullback midfield. Maybe she's going to be a, a Jill of all trades, if you will. Jack of all trades would be, be sexist of me. So I went with Jill. Um, she played for Northwestern University. Uh, that's a smart people school, y'all, if you're not familiar. Uh, biotechnical bachelor's degree in earth and planetary sciences. Wow, Reagan uh, sounds like a genius. Uh, she started all but one of her 86 matches in college. She has 12 goals and four assists, and she was her team's captain. Uh, she was undrafted in the 2022 NWCL draft. Remember, Vladko was not in the league at that time. He was coaching the women's national team. Maybe he'd have picked her. Who knows? But she's played in Sweden. I'm not even going to try to say her Swedish club's name back in 2022. Uh, she had 25 appearances, but only 220 minutes. So it looked like she was uh, coming into games as a sub quite a bit. And uh, that's what I would expect for her in Kansas City. If she's breaking into the roster, Is she's going to kind of be on the fringes. And then one more piece of news, and I'll let you weigh in, Sheena. Lola Bonta signs a one-year contract extension. She's now guaranteed through 2025. So we've got Lo for two more years. 
Roger better find himself a part-time job or something because he's not going anywhere. He's staying in Kansas City here. Uh, what do you got about Low, Mal, Sophie, or Reagan? Uh, I really only have thoughts on Low because she's the only one I really know. I'm glad she's staying another two years with Kansas City. They just built a house, so I'm glad they'll at least be here for two years to enjoy that house. And yeah, pretty exciting. I like her energy and... I think Roger Espinoza should still go play for the KC Comets. Oh, did you come up with that idea? I don't even remember that. Yeah, I said it in one of the podcasts. Did somebody Gosh, else say it? No, I I never heard anybody say it. And if you yeah. said it, I forgot or I zoned you out, I guess. I don't know. You, yeah, I'm pretty sure you said, maybe I said Zussi, but that doesn't feel like a Zussi thing. I no, could say, I don't think Zussi would play. But yeah, Roger, he could play on the comments. They could use some help. They just lost their seventh straight game. They are struggling. Mm-hmm. Let's get, yeah, let's get Roger out there, man. You don't have to run nearly as much in indoor <laughs> soccer as you do in outdoor soccer. Do you want to plug what you're doing next Friday? I guess that's a, a decent place to put mm-hmm. that in. Uh, I was called in to be a backup here. I'm going to be a media member that plays in the Kansas City Comets game on Friday on the 9th. Uh, so I haven't worked out at all. I've been sick for the last week plus. Not that I was working out before that. I was working out right until about Thanksgiving, and then I've been off the rails since then. I mean, that's what people do, right? You take the holidays off, and then you get serious about it in the new year. I just forgot January was when the year started. I thought it was started in February. I was very confused. Uh, uh, so January is a trial run oh is that what it is okay, yeah that's so. what people say <laughs> well i'm behind um i did put in about a 45 minute shift at my uh daughter's u what is it u 12 girls soccer team we played some four on four coach put me in the other day because he was short a girl and i'm about the equivalent of a, a mediocre 12 year old or 11 year old uh club soccer player mediocre so I, I could have probably used my size and, and dominated a little more, but I tried to just make the other girls do the work. And um, I'm not going to lie, my team lost in our four on four drill. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to take it easy on him, coach. And uh, they did not take it easy on me. And he's like, yeah, that's OK. Uh, it, I didn't need you to run around too much. They needed to do the work, not you. So I was like, OK, good. But I was still super tired afterwards, which is sad. And so. you were sore for a few days. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was sore for a few days, for sure. I was using muscles I don't usually use, so I'm sure that's going to go really well for the Comets media game. It's going to be a cluster. There's going to be so many people out there. It should be, it should be a disaster. All right, let's talk about the Kansas City Current a little bit more. Man, we are just off the rails, as as per usual. I think that's the charm of our podcast, you know, when we, we just talk about nonsense and we don't quite stay on topic i don't know yeah i guess we could take it to the listeners and they could let us know if that's the the charm or the appeal is that we don't stay on topic (laughs) i think that some people would agree and others are probably like what is happening i'm here for the news okay for those people here we go desi scott who re-signed last week is in full training with the kansas city current same for Vanessa DiBernardo, who had dealt with concussions for much of the end of last season. So that's great news. Uh, Hannah Glass, on the other hand, she's expected back in the early part of the season. You may or may not remember Hannah because she never played last year due to injury. And she may be back by the early part of the season, but maybe not in time for the home opener. So that's all my Kansas City current news. Well, sort of. Alex Pfeiffer, she is out with the U.S. youth national team right now. She's playing for the U-17s. They actually played again today, and I haven't watched that game yet. 
I was busy doing other stuff, but she played earlier in the week and they beat Panama 13 to nothing. Alex scored three goals and had two assists. One of her goals was a penalty kick. Uh, Honestly, I think she could have had five or six goals. She dribbled around the keeper and had a wide open net and somehow shot it over the net. You could tell she was so mad at herself. She had another one where somebody played a really nice ball to her and she shot it high. I think if you asked her, she'd have probably been mad at herself in the game and she still scored three goals and had two assists. It's kind of wild. Uh, she's only She just turned 16. She seems like she's the real deal. She seems very promising. She seems like she's going to be a full senior national team player here in the coming years. And I just, I want to see if she gets on the field for the current this year. She's only 16, but shoot, why not put her on the field if she's playing like that? Yeah, that seems really promising if she scored three goals and she could have easily scored others. You said they played Panama. Is Panama a good team? Uh, Not really, but they Um, are in the CONCACAF championship, so they're good enough, right? The the real challenge is going to be Canada, which is going to be their third game in the group stage here. So... Canada's got, a, you know, obviously the can the full senior Canada women's national team is very good, and same for their youth setup is very good. So uh, it's really U.S. and Canada more in this, and the Mexican women are not quite on the same level yet. So we'll see how this all kind of plays out. They had a game against the Dominican Republic, I believe, today that I haven't seen yet. So uh, I'm gonna go out of limits that they probably won that game. I don't know if Alex played or not, and we'll uh, we'll bring you an update on that next week. Any other thoughts, Sheena, on the KC Current before we go crawling? Let's just go crawling. Let's try to keep this under an hour today. All right. Well, I'm going to get in the way of that right now because the first (laughs) item of the digital crawl is a big one. The big draw for the 2026 World Cup went down today. And Kansas City, oh, look at you, Kansas City. Six games were awarded to Kansas City. They have an entire group stage will take place here in KC. We have four games. And then... They are also, well, that's an entire group stage. What am I talking about? They have four group stage games. Then they have a round of 32 game and a quarterfinal game. So they're going to have the quarterfinals. That's your your last 16 teams. Like, I think that's the farthest the U.S. has made it since like the 50s. Uh, pretty big deal because obviously only eight cities can get the quarterfinals or better. So I think that's that's pretty elite. I feel pretty stoked for for KC to have gotten that considering there all these teams in the United States or all these cities I should say in the United States let alone all the Canadian and Mexican cities that were trying to host these games the other two kind of big bits of news that came out of it where the final is going to be held in people just keep saying New Jersey because technically it's in New Jersey and MetLife Stadium it's where the New York Jets and New York Giants play which has awful turf I don't know if they have to put grass down there for that to happen because I heard they wanted to play it in LA but LA didn't want to do turf so hopefully they're getting grass maybe they have grass i feel like they have bad turf i thought they were doing it in dallas at arlington stadium yeah i had heard rumors that it was i think we even said that on the podcast that somebody had reported that rumor you know how fifa is probably somebody bribed him or something but i don't to me it makes sense to have it in new york it feels like it needs to be in new york or la one of our biggest cities right yeah, I suppose. Were you wanting it to be in Dallas in the summer? Uh, Ugh, I mean, yeah, it's it, so hot. Dallas is closer to us. I wanted them to Did say you, Kansas City, but... Was going to get the final? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have the infrastructure to support all the people that would be showing up for that. I think the appeal of Dallas might have been... I'm sure they have the infrastructure, right? They have like 7 million people or something that live in Dallas, and they probably have plenty of hotels and things. But that's a 100,000-seat stadium, so you could put a lot of people in there, which would have been kind of 
you know, a cool way to have the World Cup final in in the United States. Uh, it's it's going to be great. I don't think we're going to go to the final, Sheena, but I think we're going to definitely have to go to some games. Uh, bummer, though, the United States will not be playing here. Oh, well, we never know. They could be that round of 32 game or the quarterfinal game. But as of right now, they'll play two games in Los Angeles during the group stage and one in Seattle for the group stage. Oh, Seattle. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm okay with New York because Dallas would be really hot and Seattle makes sense. I, I'll go back to Seattle. So now you're wanting to not only go to World Cup games that are here in our city, you're wanting to travel to go see the World Cup to watch the U.S. play like in Seattle? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is going to be so expensive. Okay. <laughs> Any other World <laughs> Cup thoughts based on today's draw? No, I think it's cool. We're getting so many cities. I don't know if you've seen the hype video on Instagram, but they made like a hype video for Kansas City and the World Cup. It's pretty good. I love a good hype. You you should find it, send it to me, and I'll put it in the show notes for the show. Uh, Okay. Wow. The energy level, Sheena. (laughs) Okay. Well, I feel like I I get proposed. Something. I keep like taking screenshots on my computer accidentally. I don't know what that has to do with your energy levels, but okay. I don't so know. Let's talk about the rest of the digital <laughs> crawl. Sheena, I don't know if you saw this news. Daniel Shalloway looks like he switched his number from number 20 to number 10. So goodbye, DS20. Hello, DS10. Do you have any thoughts about a number change? Do you care about numbers? Do they mean anything to you? They really don't mean anything to me. So I I feel bad for the people who bought his jersey under number 20, and now they're going to have to get another 10. Or another one with 10. So I Not think to mention, that's... he used to be number 30, too. So he's been 30, 10, yeah. you know, 20, Why 10. Why is he switching his is numbers? Is he going to go to just chop it in half again, go to five here in a few years? Just keep going, dropping yeah. 10 on. Well, that doesn't make sense. He'd be zero by that logic. He'd be down at number zero in a few more years. Why does he keep switching numbers? Not that I care, but why? I have no clue. You'll have to ask him when you go to media day. And I would say that it throws me off a little bit because number 10 is typically like an attacking midfielder, like a Gadi Kinda, like a Lino Messi. So I don't know why he's chosen number 10. And I think I'm going to have you make sure you ask that question at the media day. We're just never going to find out because I'm not going to take time to off of work to go to this. Okay. Well, other people will ask. I'm not worried about it. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. The former Kansas City current goalkeeper, Sydney Schneider. You may remember her. She was the third string keeper. She's a Jamaican international. She shine, signed signed with the Chicago Red Stars. Words are hard. Also, other former KC current player, Croy Soto. She is in camp with the Houston Dash. So she was on the team last year, joined when we had all those injuries at center back. And then, I don't know if y'all saw Brittany Eisenhower. She was a non-roster in She's basically the only one that hasn't been signed. Uh, She has decided to step away from soccer. She was kind of the fourth goalkeeper or maybe third goalkeeper during training camp. I'm not exactly sure, but it looks like she's going to take some time away. Uh, Maybe her soccer career is over. It's got to be tough being nomadic like that. She's played for a few years in Angel City and then maybe didn't look like it was promising for her to make the the squad. In some Kansas City-ish news, uh, KU football are going to play two of their games at Children's Mercy Park this upcoming season. I think they're building a new stadium or doing a massive renovation or something. Not a KU fan. I know. Sorry. I know that it alienates probably more than half of you statistically because <laughs> we're up here in kansas city i'm just i went to missouri state i root for mizzou it doesn't make any sense people i'm, I'm from the middle of the state though i used to live in columbia anyways uh, well, Sheena, what do you think about ku 
you playing on Children's Mercy Park's field? I'm kind of against it, and not just because of my uh, KU bias against KU, but just because I don't want football played on a soccer field because I don't want the field to be all torn up. It's just two games, though. Yeah, but, you know, what if it rains? It'd be terrible. You've seen football fields that get destroyed when it's raining. All those cleats, all those big bodies just mushing around in the middle of the field. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm i pretty indifferent. I think if you're a KU fan, that's a cool experience. I think it'll be cooler to see it at Arrowhead, personally, but, yeah. Yeah, I believe they're playing four times at Arrowhead, so. Yeah, they are. have plenty of chances to go there. Hopefully it doesn't rain when they play at Children's Mercy Park. And our last little bit of news, Kellen Rowe, former Sporting KC man, infamously traded for Diego Rubio, still upset about that trade. Uh, He is retiring from soccer. He's gone. Oh, okay. Wow. What a strong (laughs) opinion. All right. (laughs) Sporting KC reported back to preseason today on Sunday. Uh, If you want to keep an eye on it, they will be back in preseason action next Saturday, February 10th, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Going to play Miami FC, not to be confused with Messi's team. This is the USL championship team. Uh, Then they'll have one more preseason game after that against Atlanta a week later. Uh, You can catch me playing in the KC Comments media game at halftime this Friday, embarrassing the heck out of myself. I've got some indoor soccer shoes. Should I wear those and act like I know what I'm doing and make it look? Then it'll just look like I should be better than I am, though, when I get out there and they're like, oh, man, Chet is is really bad at soccer. This is it's kind of embarrassing, frankly. Are these the soccer shoes you bought because you thought they looked cool? Those are the ones. Yeah. I used to wear them (laughs) at work sometimes. Do you remember that? No. (laughs) Oh, my students would compliment me on them, too. They'd be like, oh, yeah, Chad, nice shoes. So, yeah. They're, it's really nerdy. It actually kind of almost embarrassed me that they liked them because I'm too old to have hip things. Anyways, if you've made it this far and you all aren't already subscribed, be sure to tell all your soccer friends, look at us getting done inside of an hour. We want to interact with you all online as well. Be sure to follow us on social media at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads, or email us at ForTheGloryKC at gmail.com. You can send us questions. I don't know that there's going to be a bunch of news in this next week. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe there'll be a big signing, but send us your questions. We can sneak in some questions on next week's podcast and here is splitter conspiracy and the casey calling to play us out take care everybody bye soccer friends